Welcome to Motherhood Aligned. I'm your host, Katie Weed, and this podcast is for moms on a mission to bust through the overwhelm and live life on purpose. If you're ready to feel in alignment with who you're truly meant to be, then you're in the right place. And if you're anything like me, then I know you're a busy mama juggling a million things at once. But we can't just let life happen to us and get lost in the busyness. We need to take the reins and live proactively. This show is about real moms focused on family, feeling good, and finding ways to not just survive, but thrive in motherhood and life. Sound good? Awesome. Let's dive in. Hey everyone, I am so excited to share this next conversation with you. I have invited parenting specialist Rachel Bailey on to discuss the two things every parent needs to know in order to see positive changes in their families. You see, many of us find ourselves dealing with the same problems over and over again with our children. You may be constantly nagging them to put their toys away or brush their teeth or any other seemingly menial task, but there's resistance or drama that comes with it. Every now and then, they'll do these things without putting up a fight, but it's not consistent and you find yourself encountering the same problems once again soon after. Well, Rachel has some tips you're going to love that will help you create long-term and consistent positive change. As I said, Rachel Bailey is a parenting specialist. She's been serving families for over a decade. She's a mom of two and has a master's degree in clinical psychology, a certification in positive discipline, and has provided services as an ADHD coach, in-home mentor, and therapist. Currently, Rachel teaches parents practical, long-term tools for raising responsible, resilient, and confident children, all while reducing the stress and guilt in parents' lives. She also has a podcast that I think you'll love, called Your Parenting Long Game, because parenting is a long game, guys, and Rachel has the tools to help you make it work. I'm excited to have her share some of those with all of you here today. So let's dive in. Hi, Rachel. Thanks so much for joining me today. How are you? Hi, I'm great. Thanks for having me here. Yes, of course. I am so excited for this conversation because I just love how you approach parenting as a long game and show us how to do that. I think it's great. Thank you. Yeah, it is a long game, but the good news is is that just because we're thinking about the long game, the strategies I teach don't necessarily take longer. And that's what parents love to hear. Yeah. Anything that can save us time, I'm in. (laughs) Absolutely. Me too. Absolutely. So I know I just ran through your bio a bit, but can you just in your own words, tell us a little bit about yourself and what you do? Yeah, sure. So these days I work with parents and I, my goal is to give really practical tools, like we said, for the parenting long game to reduce the stress to raise kids who do what they're supposed to do without the drama. But I didn't start in any way thinking that I was going to work with parents. I actually was studying, I wanted to be a neuropsychologist. And so I was in a a doctoral program studying to be a neuropsychologist, but got pregnant along the way. So I never finished my PhD, but I use a lot of what I I learn to help parents now. And there were a couple of things I did along the way that you heard in my my bio, but I ended up here working with parents. And I love it because the last thing I love people to know about me is that I was not born to be a parent at all. Like I didn't even know if I wanted to be a parent. So I love my job because it allows me to help people. Maybe this doesn't come naturally to them. And those are the people I love to help, the people who are really struggling and need those practical tools because I sure do as well. Yeah. I think that's such an amazing path where you're like, I don't even know if I want to be a parent. And now you're teaching parents the tools. Exactly. (laughs) Yes. So we're going to jump into the two things that parents need to know in order to see positive change in their families. 
How do you want to kick that off? Do you want to just jump right into what those two things are? Or do you want to do one by one? I, I would actually be, I would love to tell both. And then any questions you have or anything you want me to share more of, I would be happy to delve into either one because I think both are extremely important. So what are those two things? Tell us the secrets. Okay. So if we want to see positive long-term change, meaning we want to raise kids who are responsible, who are resilient and can handle the fact that life isn't always going to go their way, but also we can have a home where things are lighthearted and less pow- fewer power struggles. The two things are, number one, we have to start to see our kids' behavior differently. We see misbehavior as something that needs to be punished away. We need to yell at our kids. We need to do everything we can to motivate them to do better. But we never address the cause of behavior. And 100% of the time, there is a cause for negative behavior. So we start to see that negative behavior in kids is actually a sign of struggle and that when kids aren't doing what we want them to do or they're not feeling great, it's actually because they're struggling, not because they're being bad. And one of the things I really do with parents is help them understand why isn't your child listening until you've asked them five times or why aren't they motivated to clean up or do their homework? Once we figure out the why and and see their behavior differently, everything changes. So that's the first piece. And the second piece that is essential if we want to actually deal with the kids' behavior and their moods and their attitudes is we have to think about how we are treating ourselves as parents. So this isn't even necessarily directly related to the kids. It's how are we doing as human beings? Because I can teach you all of the parenting tools in the world, and I really can get any kid to listen or be more resilient. But if you are not in a good place as a human being, as a parent, you're not even going to be able to use those tools. And then you're going to feel guilty because you're going to say, oh, I learned these tools. I'm not using them. And then you're going to feel worse. So number one, we have to um, think about our kids' behavior differently. And number two, we have to be really aware of how we're treating ourselves. So with number one, when you looking at their behavior differently, what are some of the causes that you see more often than not with those children? Like what is making them behave that way? So there are actually only three reasons that kids don't listen or that kids aren't in the place where we want them to be. This accounts for, I would say, 98% of negative behaviors, moods, and attitudes. So the three reasons, number one, is that they actually are missing tools to be able to do what we ask. And this is something that's really frustrating for parents because our kids are often physically able to do what we ask. You know, even a two-year-old or a three-year-old can clean up after themselves. They have the physical capacity, but their other cognitive and developmental tools they're missing. For example, it is not until our mid-20s that we do a good job focusing on boring things. So our brains are wired for stimulation, novelty, and engagement. So when you ask a child or a teenager even to clean up after themselves, what happens is because their brains are wired for stimulation and novelty and engagement, they may start to do that thing, but then they get distracted. And this is not ADHD. I actually have a background in knowing, understanding ADHD they get distracted. So they don't clean. So it looks like they're being bad when all we need to do is actually teach them how to stay focused. And then they start to listen and they do what they're supposed to do. So reason number one is they're missing tools. Reason Mm -hmm. number two is that they're in this place that I call yuck. And yuck is really where they're in a bad emotional place and they can't access the responsible part of the brain. So I can talk more about that in a minute. And number three is we, they actually know they can get away with things. So we're not firm enough. We're not addressing the issue. 
Um, we're not a true influence is really what I call the third reason. So the three reasons are missing tools in an emotional space where they can't act access the responsible part of their brain, or we're not a true influence. Got it. And I think that the third one, the knowing that they can get away with it, we kind of train them in that. They're like, well, I've done this a million times. I'm going to get away with it again. A hundred percent. Absolutely. And, and kids will try to find a loophole. They'll spend more energy trying to find a loophole than they will on doing the thing. So many of us have said to our kids, if you had just started your homework, you'd be done by now. But that's exactly. not the way their brains work. Their brains are wired to find those loopholes. And you're right. We train them to find them. Right. So the second one was how we treat ourselves. And so could you talk a little bit more about that? Yeah. So I really distinguish self-care from self-treatment. And I really think self-care is important. And what I mean by self-care is things like getting time to ourselves. It's um, you know spending time with friends, maybe going to get a massage. I think all of that is important. But what I have found over the years of working with parents is that we can do all the self-care in the world, but if we don't treat ourselves on an everyday minute-to-minute basis with respect, then all the self-care in the world actually doesn't make up for how we treat ourselves. So what I mean by self-treatment is how do we talk to ourselves throughout the day? Are we saying, you know, I can't handle this, or I'm never going to be good enough, or my kids are horrible and there's nothing I can do about it. So how do we talk to ourselves? Do we set boundaries? Do we set expectations for ourselves that are literally too unrealistic to attain? When we're treating ourselves really negatively, you know, if we're treating ourselves worse than we treat maybe our friend or someone else we care about, if we're treating ourselves worse than that, then we're actually not going to be able to be the parents we want to be. Just like you said, we wouldn't treat our friend that way, but the things that we say internally to ourselves, like, oh my gosh, I'm so fat, or oh my gosh, I don't know what I'm doing with with parenting. You would never tell your friend, you look so fat today. Correct. So what are some ways that we can back out of treating ourselves badly? I think the first part of it is just simply awareness. And when I start working with clients and and coaching them in this area in particular, I do start with those three areas. How are you talking to yourself? How many boundaries are you setting so that you can protect yourself? And are your expectations too high? And then I go into some other things that are more unique to individuals. But I think as parents, those are the three areas almost all of us struggle in. So if I say to a parent, are you exhausted all the time? Tell me what, what, how are you setting aside time for yourself on a daily basis? Not just to go get a massage or do those other things I mentioned, but on a daily basis, are you telling your kids, you know what, I'm done at nine o'clock. And if you need anything after that, either you should be in bed, depending on the child's age, or you should be doing it yourself, you know, setting that boundary and saying, I need Mm -hmm. time to myself. So I actually do a little, um, I go through these areas with people. I do a little audit and figure out those areas. And then once they figure out I'm not setting boundaries, we actually talk about what does it look like? What does it sound like? And how do you deal with the discomfort that comes up when you set a boundary? Because that's why most of us don't do it. It's uncomfortable. And I love that you're you're setting boundaries with the children, because my first mind went to setting boundaries with the outside world. But no, it's really setting boundaries and expectations with your children as well. 100%. In fact, I think that's where most of us need to start. We think, Mm -hmm. well, I need to tell the school, no, I won't volunteer, or I need to, you know, not be on all these committees or do all this driving. And then I'll be able to give my kids everything they need. But I don't think we need to give, give kids everything we think they need. We don't need to do that much for them. Yeah. Right. On the reasons that kids don't listen, you talked a little bit about the yuck. What does that mean? They're in a bad emotional place in the yuck. 
Yes, exactly. And yuck is actually the reason we need to treat ourselves well too. So this actually overlaps between those two reasons. Basically, I call this the yuck factor. And it's a very simple concept that when human beings are in a good place, we act positively, we act consistently with our values, we behave in ways that you know we want to behave in. But when we are in a place of yuck, and yuck is a blanket term I use to describe anything uncomfortable. So yuck could be that we are hungry or tired. It could also be that we're feeling overwhelmed, we're feeling annoyed or frustrated, or the noise around us is too loud. Anything uncomfortable is yuck. What happens is When we are in yuck, we do not behave positively and we cannot act consistently with our values and how we want to be. Because what happens is when we are in a state of discomfort or yuck, our brain senses that as a threat. So it turns on an alarm and that alarm is our fight or flight response. And our behavior when we're in fight or flight is really, it's a stress response. It's not the response that we're usually proud of. And the thing you need to know about the fight or flight response is it actually shuts off the part of the brain that allows us to act consistently with our morals and our values. So this plays a role in kids' behavior and it plays a role in our behavior. So when kids are in yuck, they're not going to listen to us. When kids are in yuck, they're not going to be mature and responsible. When we are in yuck because we're not treating ourselves well, when we're in yuck because we're overwhelmed and we have too much on our to-do list, we are not going to parent well. So like I said, yuck sort of overlaps in those two reasons. Absolutely. And it brings you to a spot of coming from a place of reaction when you're in yuck. You're just kind of dealing with things as they're thrown at you and you're like, ah. Yes. And reacting to, when you're reacting not aligned with your values, that's when you yell, that's when you you know say the things to your kids or your spouse or other people that you regret. So it's, it's not only a reaction, but it's usually a reaction that we really, really regret. The yuck zone is, I call this the regret zone. Yeah, yeah, that makes so much sense. So if they start implementing these two changes, they start looking at the behavior differently and they're treating themselves better. What types of positive changes will they start seeing? So as soon as we start to see kids behavior differently, very honestly, and we give them what they need, we do make sure they have those tools. We make sure that we are addressing the yuck. And just so you know, Addressing yuck in kids does not mean making them happy or feel good all the time. Very far from it. But Mm -hmm. when we're giving kids tools and addressing the yuck, all of a sudden their behavior changes. And people, I used to go into people's homes for a living and help with, with behavior. And people would say, Rachel, are you a magician? Like you got my kids to do these amazing things. And I'd say, honestly, I'm not a magician. I just understand that when kids have the tools and their needs are met and they know they can't get away with things, their behavior changes. They do start to listen the first time you ask them to do something, they do start to be able to handle disappointment and frustration a little bit more effectively so they're not melting down or acting out. So that's really what happens is kids listen more, but also when we treat ourselves differently, which is the second piece, we create, and you know, for better or worse, parents create the energy in the home or they contribute to it tremendously anyway. We contribute to that energy. So when we treat ourselves differently, the energy becomes more positive. It becomes more lighthearted, more connected rather than a lot of power struggles and isolation that I see in a lot of families these days. Yeah. And as the parents, it is our responsibility to bring that positive energy into the relationship and it's just going to spread just like anything in life. Absolutely. And I find that the reason parents don't bring that positive energy though is because they don't know how to handle their own yuck. That's the truth. We just have too much yuck as parents and we don't know how to handle it. 
So true. And you have to get through your yuck and understand it. Okay. So how long does it take to start seeing those changes or is it like immediate once you start doing this? That's a great question. So when we're getting our kids to behave differently, we're really addressing those three things. It's the missing tools, the yuck, and our influence. The missing tools leads to really quick behavior change. When you give your kids the tools, they will start to change their behavior unless there's a lot of yuck. So very honestly, if kids, if there's not too much yuck at home, you're going to see some quick change. If there is yuck though, that needs to be, the yuck needs to be almost chipped. We need to chip away at it. And that's when things tend to take longer. So parents of older kids, sometimes there's a little bit more yuck in the home and the relationship and the kids. So we need to chip away at that first. But no matter what, when I work with clients, I would say parents tend to see change in weeks to months. We're definitely not talking years here at all. That's awesome. So you sort of walk them through this process and help them with the tools and bring it into their family so that they can start seeing these changes. That's exactly right. I like I call myself like I give you tools. I'm the tool master. I'm giving you tools. <laughs> you implement them and then if whatever works or doesn't work, we modify based on what's working or not. That is exactly how I work with families right now. But anyone listening is like this sounds amazing and I want my children to start listening and I want to get rid of the yuck. If you had to pick like one next best step, what would that be? It's definitely start with yourself. And probably the easiest thing to do is just look at the expectations you're placing on yourself and asking yourself, are these realistic? Because what we're, what we're often doing is creating yuck. And I can explain this now that I've told you what yuck is. When we have expectations on ourselves that are too high, our brain senses that as a threat. So we go into fight or flight and we can't actually parent the way we want to. Even the reason I start with expectations is because you can literally list what are you expecting yourself to do in a day and can you fit it on a calendar? That's like you can quantify expectations. Things like boundaries and how you talk to yourself, that's harder to quantify, but expectations you can literally see. Am I asking too much? And if you are, your brain is going to be in a constant stress response and you will be spewing your yuck on your kids and in your home. Yes. And and it definitely overlaps with those boundaries too, because if you're quantifying that and you're saying, okay, I am doing way too much in a 24-hour period and it is bringing a lot of yuck into my life, it sort of all intertwines with each other. That's exactly right. Yep. These these two you know things that we need for long-term change, seeing kids behavior differently and treating ourselves differently, those are, they're completely intertwined. Yes. Is there anything else that goes along with this that you think would be valuable to share with the listeners? I think the only other piece that is really so pervasive in parenting is that, um, and it overlaps what I've already said, is that a lot of the reasons we don't do better is because we are, we have trouble with handling discomfort. So setting boundaries is uncomfortable. Taking the time to understand what's under your kid's behavior could be uncomfortable because you just want a quick fix. Although I have to be honest, it doesn't take long to figure out what's going on. But some of this stuff is uncomfortable. And I think that That is part of the reason that we don't treat ourselves differently. We don't set boundaries because it's uncomfortable. We don't change our expectations because it's uncomfortable. And that also bleeds into we're not firmer with our kids because they tantrum and they react and we're uncomfortable with their discomfort. So then we're not being firm. They're finding those loopholes and they are behaving more negatively. And it all comes back to we couldn't handle discomfort. 
So I think what really overlies all of this is that when we learn how to handle discomfort and yuck, everything changes. So powerful. I love it. So where can our listeners find more? I know they want to see positive changes in their families and these tips are great. So if they want to learn more about this, where can they find you? So I do have my podcast, which is called Your Parenting Long Game. And in every episode, I talk about a little different piece of this and give action steps. But I also have a Facebook group, you know, it's related to the podcast where I actually give shorter and quicker tips. So that is your Parenting Long Game podcast community on Facebook. And then I'm also on Facebook and Instagram as Rachel Bailey Parenting. And lastly, I have a YouTube channel, which has some really bite-sized advice. Those are videos that are five minutes or less that really align with what I was talking about today. Great. Guys, go follow her in all the places because like we said in the beginning, parenting is a long game and she has the strategies and tools to help you get there. So thank you so much, Rachel. This has been so much fun. I've loved talking to you and your wealth of knowledge. Thank you. Thanks for having me here. I appreciate it. Well, you guys, I hope you found Rachel's tips helpful. Here's a quick recap. The two things parents need to know in order to see positive change in their families and in order to raise kids who are responsible and resilient and have a home with fewer power struggles, we have to one, start viewing our children's behavior differently, and two, think about how we are treating ourselves as parents. Rachel also shared three reasons your child is misbehaving or why your kids aren't in the place where you want them to be. Those three reasons are They're either one, missing the tools to be able to do what we ask of them, two, they're in a place of yuck, which we talked all about, or three, they know from experience that they can get away with things. When you give the kids the tools, they'll start to change their behavior pretty quickly, but the more yuck there is in the home, the more work you'll need to do to make big changes. Your next best step as a busy mom is to start with yourself. Look at the expectations you're putting on yourself and make sure what you're expecting is actually realistic. Also, learn how to handle discomfort and yuck and you'll start to see changes. I seriously just love this stuff, guys. And if you do too, please head on over to the Motherhood Aligned Facebook group so we can keep the conversation going. I hope to see you there and I will talk to you soon. Hey, real quick before you go, I just wanted to say thank you so much for listening. If anything you heard in this episode resonated with you, I would be so grateful if you'd leave a review on iTunes so more people can find us. Also, check out motherhoodaligned.com for more resources and be sure to say hi on Facebook and Instagram at Motherhood Aligned. I'll talk to you soon.